In today's video, we're going to be talking about presenting Mushkin as Christ. This is the orthodox interpretation of Dostoevsky's The Idiot and is in line with his suggestion to his niece where he wrote that he was intending to create a truly perfect and noble man. Now, before we get into this video, I'd just like to say I've just gotten back from traveling through Germany, through Berlin and Hamburg, and I have uploaded uh, vlog of my trip through Berlin on my second channel. So if you want to go check that out, you could check it up in the link above. I'll put a link to that there. Now let's get back to our video and start beginning by talking about what Dostoevsky meant by a truly perfect and noble man. Well, when we're thinking about Dostoevsky, we need to understand his progress and his movement through his life from a Christian background. He grew up in a Christian family. In fact, he learned to read through understanding and learning a book which was uh, basically a summary, uh, kind of a collection of biblical stories. So he learned to read through reading the Bible and he was, he was deeply ingrained into that Christian message. And even when he was moving away from Christianity during his time with the Petrachevsky Circle and Belinsky, even during these times he still had a deep affinity for the being and essence of Christ as a good moral figure. For example, you could turn to the Kantian idea where, where Kant argues it doesn't really matter whether Christ was divine or not, but that he embodied that beautiful image of Christianity in himself. In the same way, Dostoevsky, even in his most atheistic phases during his um, co connections with the Belinsky and the Petrachevsky circle, was fundamentally in admiration of Christ and that admiration of Christ didn't change. And that admiration of Christ only developed through his time in Siberia, in the prison camps and throughout the rest of his life towards Brothers Karamazov. You could see a growing movement of that appreciation of Christ throughout his life. So when we're thinking about where does Mushkin tie into all of this, we can view Mushkin as kind of that development after Belinsky. Of course, he wrote The Idiot after his time in Siberia. So there's that movement towards and that development from the understanding of Christ, not only as the archetypal idea, but also in the more traditional orthodox sense of Christ as the son of God who loved, sacrificed and died for us on the cross. So there is that element of Mushkin trying to be a, a model, an archetype for a truly and truly perfect and noble man. Now, I talk about archetypes because this is something which Dostoevsky does talk quite a lot about. He says, well, there have been books in the past which tried to present this Christ-like archetype but they haven't done so completely perfectly, which can lead one to suggest that his project with Idiot was to try to create a perfect book. And, and of course, when we're reading Dostoevsky's Idiot, we need to understand that he did not become too proud of the finished article, but he was proud of the idea behind it. So when we're thinking about what did Dostoevsky try to present with Mushkin, we need to try to figure out what is the idea behind Mushkin instead of the presentation of Mushkin itself, almost that kind of the thing in itself and what was represented by it. So we're trying to understand what was the innate idea of Mushkin as Christ. And to understand that, we need to talk about his influences, which was mainly Don Quixote from uh, Miguel de Cervantes' um, Don Quixote and Jean Valjean from Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. Both of these books and both of these works had a great influence on Dostoevsky through his life. So if you're reading Joseph Frank's biography, you understand quite quickly 
that these two figures, these two books, had a great influence on what Dostoevsky conceived of as Christ. And that is to be expected. Those two were, after all, some of the most influential books, not only of our time, looking back of that period, but also of that time. Victor Hugo was, of course, just publishing Les Miserables when Dostoevsky was running around Europe. But, of course, Don Quixote was that kind of the beginning of that new genre of a novel. So Don Quixote had a very big influence on Dostoevsky, especially in his understanding of Christ. Um, Dostoevsky writes Don Quixote as the most Christ-like figure in all of literature. And as a result, we need to think about Christ through that Don Quixote lens. And in fact, when you're thinking about what do we understand or mean by Quixotic, that came from actually Don Quixote. So when we're thinking about what Dostoevsky viewed as Christ, he's not only looking at Christ as those positive attributes that we think of today like, well, Okay, it's someone who's morally virtuous, someone who's loving, someone who acts in a positive way to those around him. There also is an element of somewhat naivety or ridiculousness to his model of Christ, which I think adds a, a, a further depth to our understanding of Dostoevsky's Christ. It's not something which is very straight saying, okay, there's a set, set of good values, all those values which are traditionally understood as masculine, as beautiful, as good. Of course, those are part of Christ, but... There also is that kind of element of ridiculousness there to Christ, which cannot be denied. And I think that's something which Dostoevsky's contribution to Christian literature is so great, is that he's not only trying to turn to the positive aspects of Christianity, but also what some people may view as the negative aspects of Christianity as well. And I'm holding this book because this is where I wrote a recent article on Dostoevsky's Interpreting Mushkin. If you type an unexpected journal online, you can find my whole analysis of Mushkin and how you interpret it, which actually follows the structure of this series. I'll put a link to that below if you want to check it out. It's free access online. However, where I, what I argue in this article is that, well, actually, yes, Mushkin as Christ represents that love, represents turning the other cheek. And that's very important. That's very true. In fact, when you're thinking about love, Mushkin as a character, his emphasis on love is so profound, the love for those around him that it's very difficult to think of anyone who loves people in such a naive, childlike way. And perhaps when you're thinking about Christianity, you say, well, what does it mean to be like a little child? Or Christ says, be like little children. Perhaps it's to love like little children, because children don't love in a kind of a biased, in a hate, in a way full of hatred. They love in a more pure way. They don't care about social background. They just love people for who they are. And that's perhaps the love that Mushkin is representing and what Dostoevsky wants us to believe in. Of course, we have to remember Dostoevsky's social aims, ultimately, of believing in the, the redeemability of everyone's souls and the care for the outcast. That was something which was very important to Dostoevsky, right? So that love was so important. And of course, the idea of turning the other cheek was a, was a vital element of Dostoevsky's philosophy because, in fact, if you read, I think it's Lebdeyev's, um, response to Mushkin is saying you've done so much good for us that no one with any honor can can reject you it's like I love you so much that everyone around you even if they're trying to abuse you recognize there's something different and perhaps what Mushkin is trying to present here what Dostoevsky is trying to present is that sometimes yes is there room for goodness in this world hard to say but perhaps there's this naive romanticist idea in Dostoevsky's works that well regardless of whether there's room for goodness in this world you should still do that good because Ultimately, people will notice you're different, and if people notice you're different, then perhaps that's all that is needed, or that's good enough to understand, well, what does Christ mean, or how do we live like Christ? We just need to be different, and by people reflecting on our difference from the world and from them, we're able to bring them towards Christ. So that's another important part of 
Mushkin's views on Christ. And finally, you have that ridiculousness. And I've touched upon that on Turn the Other Cheek as well, is that when we're thinking about ridiculousness in a modern setting, it's very easy to view ridiculousness in a negative way. We, we, we call someone ridiculous almost an insult in modern society, but to... To Dostoevsky, ridiculousness does not necessarily need to be viewed in a negative light. It could be a very positive light. In fact, the dream of a ridiculous man, what actually makes the dream of a ridiculous man ridiculous? It's almost a fantasy. He's living in an other world. But perhaps that otherworldliness is not necessarily an evil thing. Perhaps it's a good thing. Christ tells us not to be of this world, but to be of God's world. Perhaps being ridiculous is to enter into that creation that co-creation with God of the other world, and that being ridiculous is not too evil after all. That's kind of what I want to leave you off with in this lecture series on Mushkin. I don't want to necessarily push answers on you or say, you must interpret Mushkin in a certain way. Rather, I want to say, well, here are a few different interpretations of Mushkin. What are some things you can learn from us? And most importantly, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. What do you think of Mushkin? What, what do you learn from Mushkin? What do you learn from the idiot? A lot of people tell me, that The Idiot is one of their favourite works in Dostoevsky. Let me know if it is your favourite work in Dostoevsky, and for what reason? What stands out about Mushkin? Is it simplicity, is ridiculousness, is love? Or do you think Mushkin is more sinister as we've discussed in previous videos? Thank you for watching this video. If you enjoyed this video, like and subscribe. And of course, go check out the article on An Unexpected Journal. You can go check it out either at paperback form, I'll put a link to this book below, or you can check it out for free on the website Unexpected Journal. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you soon. Have a good one.